explosion orama again if i was 12 year old boy i would be just gleaming so many explosions yeah they go for the yeah they go for this truck stop it reminded me of like for those who are into like monster jam and that kind of like entertainment exactly very monster jam horror movie survival guide is a weekly podcast where i gorehound julia marchesi delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums terry gamble who is hiding in the creepy horror closet My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but prefer the classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the the final final girl. Hey there, Disco Citizens. It's Terry, and we're here with Horror Movie Survival Guide, and we also have the lovely Julia talking about 1986's Maximum Overdrive. You know what? This episode marks five years, Terry. The show I'm is sorry, what? Five years. I'm sorry, wait, what? Crazy, We've right? we doing the show for five years? Yeah, because we think we had wow. the Marion days, and then we moved on to the Terry days, and here we are. Oh, I've been beginning people sometimes don't oh, realize I that i was one of the people who create the show I start off as a producer and sometimes mm-hmm. we're like oh you just took over hosting i was like no 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 i yeah. was in the recording sections staring at your sweet faces when we were in the before times we were all in a studio together yeah uh, and uh some crazy cats were like hey do you have an idea to do like a a, a scary movie podcast i was like i know some cool ladies uh-huh. i love scary movies they, they are very talented and so uh we miss you marion we love you we say hello to you out there yeah uh, Thank and, you, Terry, for making it happen. Here we are. Who to thunk it? Yeah, for keeping a notebook in college that came back later to become a really fun podcast. Hey, you know, I, I didn't know, but I knew. I knew it would become something I didn't know what. And here we are. So you planted the seeds. Yes, I did. And then also today, I'm so excited, Julia. We're going to be talking about a movie from a I don't know this little known up and coming uh, creator. His name is Stephen. Yeah, King or something something like that yes. uh, mm-hmm. the title of this episode is we made you the tagline for this movie I think you'll like it yes Stephen King's masterpiece of terror directed by the master himself I don't agree that it's the masterpiece of terror but I do like the ambitiousness and and bombasticness of this tagline this is the kind of tagline I like to see where you're like sell it's it got so much hubris like just yeah. dripping yeah. from it like right just like but also marketing like hello if you want yeah. people to go see this movie like be like hey how many how many ways can we say that this man is involved in this movie let's mm-hmm. do it let's just throw a couple a double a double hitter in the middle of the tagline that you need to go see this movie because he is part of it and he's directing it and it's his baby Yep. So this is this is he. This is uh, wrote this tr- short story trucks. So it's based on, uh, adapted it for the screen and directed it himself. So this is the whole the whole shebang. And now, he cameos I, at the very beginning too. I opening. died for it. Yeah, the I was like first, first person scene. on screen. So good. Uh. And and so you know, as many of you know, I am a hardcore constant reader. But it will shock you to know I have not seen this film. This is the first time I'd watched this film. Which is still blows crazy. my mind. Mm-hmm. Blows my mind. Yeah, and so I had not heard good things about this movie. I get, I get the oh when you say you're going to watch Maximum Overdrive. So I was like, okay, prepared for it to be okay. Uh, I I enjoyed it. We will talk about it uh, right off the bat, though. The the opening we have a title card, and this title card made me do a double take because like, wait, what? Okay, so we start out that this is on June 19th, 1987 is when it takes place. 
the date that Stephen King got hit by the van is June 19th, which is like Ooh. a huge thing. So I was like, oh, fucking what? Crazy. Uh, and then he talks about the comet. Uh, I'll read the whole thing. But he talks about the comet is the name of the comet is Rhea. Uh, and Rhea is the name of one of the characters in the Dark Tower. So I was like, okay, June 19th, obviously coincidence because it didn't happen to 1999. He could not possibly know. But uh, as a Stephen King nerd, I would go, oh, June 19th. I know that date. So like the title put it card. in motion somehow, right? That's yeah. wild. Yeah, I'm sure him watching this later was like, huh, weird. So on June 19th, 1987 at 9.47 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Earth passed into the extraordinarily diffuse tail of Rhea M, a rogue comet. According to astronomical calculations, the planet will remain in the tail of the comet for the next eight days, five hours, 29 minutes, and 23 seconds. Uh, we then hit to Wilmington, North Carolina, which I was very uh, surprised about because why is this not in Maine? Very confusing. I know that the the truck stop that it takes place in, in the stories in Maine. So they, uh, mm -hmm. okay, North Carolina always throws me when Stephen King's not in Maine. I'm like, no, no, it has to be in Maine. <laughs> yeah, they were like, well, we have a budget for North Carolina. We're going to send you there. And also, yeah, okay. these characters are really fun as Southern characters too. It feels very uh, like maybe it was a casting thing i don't know but i love i love what they did yeah. uh so we with the we open up we see a bank and the first sign that anything wrong is that the bank start sign after displaying the temperature and time starts saying fuck you and yep. then we get we get our stephen king cameo right out the gate in his, like this nerdy great little outfit uh and is told by little the ATM glasses yes yeah, <laughs> told by the atm that he is an asshole um continually just, not just once yeah. like multiple times like like keeps printing out like asshole 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 it's hard to say fast asshole yeah it is <laughs> it is uh can we just mention by the way we haven't mentioned yet that acd do, dc does this mu the music for this entire film the which whole is soundtrack pretty yeah. great right on you're like and then this is the thing it's like you're like acdc uh plus stephen king how could you go possibly go wrong right like it's like winning on every side so we meet our uh friends who are here at the dixie boy truck stop um we uh we first learned so we have this you are an asshole from the atm the next sign that we have that this something is going wrong with the mechanics is we see a bridge in which the bridge starts to open by itself this scene pretty pretty fucking spectacular right off the bat i would say they destroyed a lot of fucking cars and like this, this whole like, chaos i was like right yeah, on right off this the is bat like earthquake disaster style do you know what i yeah. mean though like that type of set like i worked at universal for a minute and like it just reminds me of like going through that that part of the tram ride where it's like oh looks like we're about to and it's kind of slow motion but it's like also terrifying because you can't get out of the way of the, yeah. of the problem so it's like these like bridge operator guys were up in the tower just hanging out playing cards. They weren't paying attention to the bridge. They were just like letting it go because it wasn't the time of day to like there wasn't alarmed or anything like that. Um, also, everyone seems very distracted and like the machines have already kind of started wreaking havoc, but they're not aware of it yet or why they feel differently. So I feel like even human nature gets affected. Like people seem to like want to fight more, like the tensions are high all of a sudden, even they're not sure why. Um, right. But really it's because all the mechanical things are failing around them and, and, and they're not even super present to it but so many people through mm -hmm. so many people through windshields and the watermelons that's great yeah. i was like yes use those watermelons falling through the windshields the motorcyclists falling back as the bridge is going up and all these yeah. people are, are stuck on the bridge and the bridge was not supposed to ferry at this time open for a ferry at this time 
I so, mean, but it's everybody's yeah. worst nightmare. I think that's a very logical fear, right? When you've been on a bridge, like, oh, what if it came on, you know, started open when we were on top of it? I kept, I, I was thinking through this movie as I think that if I was like a 12 year old boy, this mm-hmm. movie would fucking rock my socks, right? Like, this oh, would be for like sure. everything I would want in a film. You got Stephen King and you got ACDC and you got just cars being constantly crunching and people going through windshields and things exploding. And like, it's just like, a, just cool like a, trucks too. Like, yeah. I would imagine, I would love like a little like Hot Wheels of like the big happy toys truck that we're going to yeah. see in a moment. You know what I mean? The, gr- the like, Green Goblin. It's so cool with the face on the front because it's finally, it's one of the few trucks, even though they all kind of are, you know, becoming animated through this you know course of this comet and all this stuff too like that's the one that actually has a face on it right mm-hmm. an actual face that right. you can and it's, relate to and it's actually a marvel comic character it actually is green mm-hmm. goblin which is so it's crazy that's like they didn't design a scary thing for the film they used a, a pre-existing character which would of course like draw in uh young young boys it might do that yeah. such a thing i think this movie also needs to be uh, lumped into that category of things gone awry when a comet flies over movie which i feel like you could have a pretty good film festival with that notion it happens quite frequently all right um, so we are at the dixie boy truck stop we meet our gang uh amelia mm-hmm. estevez dun, 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 as our hero bill robinson cooking eggs oh. just being like a love julia's favorite food if anyone wants to know what to send julia mm. just kidding yeah. um but yeah he's on parole and we realize that he's not the only person working at this diner on parole and bubba the owner of the dixie boy has got a racket going on where he's got all these people on parole and he makes them work more hours than they should and tell them to clock in for less. So he's making a killing because he's like, right. I can report you to your parole officer. So he's got a, a handle on pretty much everybody who works at this at this Dixie Boys. It's a diner and gas station stop. There is a Dixie Pig place in the Dark Tower, not Dixie Boy, but we're close. We're there. Okay. Julia makes connections. This is what happens. Uh, I like that this character, Bubba, who's awful and just, you know, across the board awful, we're like, oh, he's going to get his comeuppance, calls other people Bubba. So he's like calling other people by his name because I thought he was just like a southern thing like, oh, he was just saying Bubba. But then I was like, when I finally saw his car and I was like, oh, oh, his name is Bubba. He's been yeah. calling them by his name. That's very weird. He's just an egomaniac. I think that's what it comes down to, right? Can you imagine if I was like, yeah, you know, you know, hey, how's it going, Julia? Hey, hey, you know. Well, Bub is different because Bub, Bubba, Bub, you, that you can say to like anybody who's, you right. know what I mean? They're like that is more of a like dude like of the South, you know, like we got dude out here in California, but you could be like, Hey dude, he'd be like, Hey Bubba or Hey Bubs. I think right. that's not as weird. <laughs> calling someone by your name, a little bit weird. Uh, we have one of the, there's so they movie are movie about it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you by your name, baby. Okay. Go on. So we have the arcade uh, going bananas, everything shooting out at all sorts of angles. We have a gentleman who gets terribly electrocuted. Giancarlo We've... Esposito, like all young or whatever, I think, right in the scene. And mm-hmm. so he gets uh, a, a, sh- a shock to the system. But before that, I love that he picks up like all the cigarettes that are like flying like out of the um out of the cigarette machine, like all the machines are like, there's all these coins, there's all this stuff. And he just packs his whole body full of all yeah, the cigarettes. Hey, it's the silver lining of the machines going crazy is really what it is. But the machine's able to hypnotize him to a point to come up and touch it. Uh, and he gets fried. Uh, we have a mechanic, Duncan, uh, who gets diesel in his eyes. Um, and so he's uh, kind of down for the count for a while. Uh, and we uh, we meet our, our hitchhiking lady as well, uh, Brett, mm-hmm. who is there with our sleazy sleazy salesman just 
So a Bible, gross. not just any salesman, a Bible salesman. The fact that you're trying to sell Bibles for big ass profits is already sus. And he's kind of terrible. And he's been hand, he's a handsy, handsy, handsy uh, guy as he picked up Rez Hitchhiker. But he tries to use her because he's like, oh, I picked you up. Like, you owe me, basically. And she's like, no, 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 that's not how this works. Like, that's not what I owe you. Um, yeah, so she, she's a also feisty. And also we get a radio moment, which I love, of course, in any horror movie, when the radio's yep. going, you gotta listen to the damn radio, right? Horror movie survival guide tip. Always listen. And she's great because they tell her to get off the road and she's like, immediately let's get off the road. She listens. So it's good final girl tactics. Uh, and it she won't... gets him off that highway, even though he wasn't, he's like, ah, and she's like, no, we need to get off this damn highway. And she kind of takes that wheel and gets him off the highway. Uh, we have the waitress, Wanda June, who gets attacked by an electric knife. I'm surprised that we don't get more of the kitchen machines going wrong in this film. We get very little of it. I was like, you have a, a lot whole... of them are pretty analog, though. That kitchen is not like a microwave heavy kitchen. It's like a griddle. But you're still going to have deep fryers that are me mechanized and you're still going to have, right. uh, you know, blenders and all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, so I want a little bit more small machine shenanigans. We got a lot of big machine shenanigans. Could have gotten a blended hand. That would have been pretty good. You're oh, right. Like a, or in yeah. the yeah the sink sink thing. Or yeah, something right. like that. Uh, it might I, have had more stuff lined up. It just depends on the time. <laughs> it's true. We don't know what was cut out of this movie. Uh, could mm -hmm. be anything. Uh, we also meet the characters of a little boy who is at playing baseball. Deke. Uh, Deke. Uh, Deke. This kid, it struck me halfway through this movie. Uh, this will mean nothing to you, Terry, but for my favorite, my fellow constant readers, uh, one of the main characters in the Dark Tower series is a little boy named Jake Chambers. And I was like, that's him. That's fucking Jake. Like when I was like what I've been seeing in my head the entire time, like unknowingly reading it. And I was like, it's that kid. That's who I would cast. Like if I could do it right now. There you go. That was my exciting Dark Tower story. There you break. have it. There you have it. <laughs> um, I do like on the back of our Green Goblin truck, we also have a very scary clown face, which is always mm -hmm. fun. We meet our just married couple, Kurt and Connie. Our, our friend oh. Yardley Smith, always a delight, even when she is shrieking shrilly for the entire film. <laughs> the entire movie. I just actually I had a note like at the very end, even up until the very last scene where she's like, it's like her ADR. I was like, ADR queen they're just like can you just add another thing here i can just imagine them get, having her come back in to do additional like dialogue like recording for this movie and like throwing all these little one-liners just wind her up though i bet a lot of this is just improv from her and just let her yeah. go Yes, but we find out that this is happening all over the world as well. Um, our, 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 so Deke, uh, his his coach gets mowed down by a rogue soda machine. It's pretty nasty in the face. Uh, it's yeah. really good bruise. Uh, they win their there. baseball game, but then like the the coach goes to get them sodas, and the soda machine basically attacks like all of them. And then, but he also gets like a little kind of reminds me of. Um, what was that? I think Come to Daddy a few weeks back or like Near Dark, one of those ones where they had like a little like, no, I think it was Come to Daddy where they had that little decapitation. Mm. And it's like a little little piece of his skull got yeah, clean, got cleaned off gross. by the by the, uh, by the soda. And so Deke, uh, it gets away on his bike and he is riding through this neighborhood of death where he just sees all these people. He is so fucking calm this kid like he has his shit together from moment one and he's like i'm not gonna fall apart i just gotta fall my dad and everything will be fine like he's so great it's just like getting shit done and like he has this one purpose he just got to get to the truck stop and he doesn't let anything get in his path but he's smart enough to realize what's happening quite quickly so he knows to kind of stay away and hide from the machines we have this ice cream truck that is lurking through this film and and coming after people playing king of the road 
But it's also the ice cream truck also has like a bunch of blood on the side of it. So it's not Mm -hmm. just like regular like ice cream truck, like, oh, normal. Like the ice cream truck has already done a shit ton of damage you get. And like, I was like, oh, my God, all the kids that probably ran out to this thing and it just smushed them awful so mm-hmm. but we see like carnage at every every home that he's driving riding by um i love this scene too where because he's writing and the sprinklers are going off on their own and all this kind of stuff is happening as he's as he's going down the street um yeah but content so- warning there is there is a deceased puppy in this movie people for those who oh, do not yeah. like to watch that so i just gotta say that as he rides his bike by it's, it's just one shot but yeah you know there's there's does the dog die yes the dog mm-hmm. dies yes. um and so also who dies is his dad who is running to get to his dad duncan gets smushed by a truck shortly afterwards the salesman also gets hit by a truck and gets knocked out of his shoes flung into the dish um and trucks dish on the other side yeah near this truck stop slash dixie stop yeah so the trucks start circling the stop so they're just letting you know you're trapped guys they're literally have them surrounded and they just keep going around in circles all day so it's like one it's like this weird like maddening thing of like they could just hit us why aren't they just doing that but all they're doing is like circling their prey the whole time right it's like mm-hmm. they could just knock over this freaking little like diner shack place right but they don't they just antagonize them mm-hmm. um and so this like sets sets up the like tete-a-tete like this war they're like they're just antagonizing us like why are they just doing this they're trying to figure out exactly what the impetus is obviously for this and why it's all happening and um, how much but, intelligence mm-hmm. they have you know they seem to have communication between each other but how intelligent are they what is is there a master plan or are they just kind of randomly being killers Right. And I wasn't sure either because all of a sudden it felt like very Transformers in this moment. I was like, oh, this feels like these trucks are going to transform into something else. So there's something, you know, you know, because they are, um, you know, anamorphic at this point. Right. Um, So they circle and circle and circle. And then some trucks from the city, you know, are coming as well, too. Um, But Curtis and um, Connie are getting close to the truck stop as well. They've eluded some trucks that were trying to come after them on the road because they've been on the main highway because they haven't been able to get a radio signal through and didn't realize they needed to leave the main highway. And a Mack truck chases them. But they also end up chasing all the way to this road sign and and running that truck off the road finally. A truck explodes and then their car is flipped, but they are able to get out okay and get into the truck stop. Uh, Bubba shows up with a rocket launcher. Uh, it turns out he's just got like a cellar full of weapons. That would have been handy. A, little, a full little, arsenal. Yes. Thanks for letting us know, man. What the fuck? Don't, no, I don't really feel like using it for you guys was basically the answer. Yeah. And he like, and he also is like, oh, he tries to be coy. Like he doesn't have anything else down there besides this rocket launcher. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, um, uh, Bill he, and Rhett he, decide to go downstairs and they like, they figure it out. Like they're like, no, no, no. He's got more down there and they, they find it. And they, I mean, the, in this, you know, he could, Bubba comes out with a rocket launcher and he rocket launches a couple of trucks. I'm like, just take them all out, man. Just take them all out now. Why do you only do a couple and then stop? You could just take them out and then go. I don't understand the idea behind that. But Bubba is a man that whose brain I will never understand. Uh, no, you're they, not meant to. Mm-mm. They did need to, let's be honest, sneak in a little sex here in the middle of this movie to please the viewers. Something right for everyone. Right at the right time, just in time. I was like, where's the sex? And then finally, here finally, we are. And know, as uh, the trucks are circling, I'm just like, yeah, when is it going to happen? Than- My engines are vroom, vroom, vrooming. <laughs> Sure, but it, <laughs> but it it is it is the like I'm about to die. Let's just fuck it, right? Like that seems oh. to be the this is what this is. I mean, they seem to uh, like each other, but you know, no, a hundred percent. They're like, well, we're probably gonna die. This is probably the end of the world. Like this is an international problem from what we understand at this point. You're hot. I'm hot. 
I kind of like you. No, I kind of like you too. And like, they also have that moment where she, Rhett's like, obviously been this tough girl. She's hitchhiking her way down to Florida and stuff. And like, right. they have this little moment where they find out a little bit more about each other. And even though she's a tough girl, she just stumbles over a little bit and wants to fall into this man's arms. And so, hey. She says, uh, you sure make love like a hero. You go, mm-hmm. okay. Heroic lovemaking. I'm into it. Because he says he's not a hero, but she's like, no, you sure make love like one. I'm just like, mm. oh, damn. It's- we are now seeing a green light in the sky that we were, so we're like, oh, okay. So they're, you know, the comet is pretty much, you know, we're pretty much sure that's what this is. And she's like, in this case, then we, you know, we all need to last another seven days because that's how long the comet's going to be there. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like if this movie had been like this, this, this comet's going to be here for 48 hours. I would feel differently about it, right? Like, yes. and here is like, I could, you know, I get it. I guess it is giving you the sense of maybe they can last forty-eight hours, but can they last a week, right? But then the end up, we end up in this movie. It doesn't matter. The time frame doesn't matter anyway, right? Like they get away, and it could have been whenever, and they're like seven days later it stopped. But uh, does that make sense? <laughs> like it could have felt more urgent. Correct. Yes. The uh, stakes were all already very high. But the fact that like I was like, they're not going to last seven days. There's, I was like, there's no way the, how yeah. it was going at that point in the film. There was no way. Um, but um, Emilio has an idea. Uh, Billy, uh, he decide he's like, hey, out by the marina, there's all these sailboats. There's no motors. There's no mechanized stuff. If we get out, out to the marina and out to the water, we could survive this thing because we won't be by any machines if we're out there. So this is his big idea that he's, he plants now. And so there's going to be a bunch of other stuff that's got to happen before they get out there. But, you know, eventually that's probably where they're going to be headed. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wanda June starts freaking out and comes out and screaming, we made you at these things. They have no loyalty to their makers. Rah, rah, rah. We find out the salesman's still alive in the ditch calling out for help. And there's the moment of, do we really go to have to help that guy? And like, oh, we have to listen to he scream was all night. He was terrible. Kind of rapey and not yeah. Great. I think I feel like if Brett had really been like, hey, you guys, he was pretty fucking rapey. Maybe we just leave him there. Like, is they're really going to have to list risk life and limb for this guy who's kind of awful anyway? But uh, it's a uh, humanity for you, right? What do you do? Yeah, they still wanted to save this guy anyway because it's 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 us against the machines, basically, right? So all the humans they're trying to save. Um, so. Um, they're in the midst of the standoff, you know, with the um, with the machines and uh, they do decide to go save him. But um, it, Deke it, finds it, him first. And yeah, so Deke then finds, yeah, Deke finds the salesman because he finds out he gets up by the sewer. He's not by the stop just yet, but he's right across the street by the sewer line. So he's not sure how to go through the line of all the trucks that are continually circling. So it turns out that like he, the salesman grabs the grabs him, but then he ends up dying almost immediately. But then uh, Kurt and Billy show up and are able to rescue him. So that all t- dovetails quite nicely. So they all go back out to the restaurant. Uh, Deke learns his dad is dead. His reaction, chef's kiss. Good stuff. That kid. Uh, shout out to uh, Holter Graham. Did a great job in this. In this uh, hot little cookie. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I see him as a gunslinger. I am. I am on it. So we have now the bull. We have a bulldozer that shows up, and the bulldozer is pushing a car in. Pulls, pushes Bubba's car into the truck stop. So now they have a hole in the wall. There's also a machine gun cart that comes out, and now it starts mowing people down. And it's just this total chaotic yeah, nonsense. But the machine gun car, the like as it pulls up, I was like, oh no, this tractor. I was like, is that a general? It looks like the military like has sent the general and is like his like next in command like next to him right that's what looks like it shows up where they've got this tractor and this like little machine gun on 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 a little a little tractor too and so the tractor little guy starts beep beep beeping and we're like we realize it's doing morse code 
I'm trying yes. to communicate with them. And of course, Deke, the hero, the real hero of this movie, I'm going to say yeah, it like, right. Sure. Like Deke is the real hero. The kid, he um is like, I got a merit badge in that. Like this last year in scouts, I got this. And so like, he's like, hand me a pen. And I love his little nonchalant. Like, yeah, he's takes control of that moment. Where he's like, give me a pen. And he just puts his little arm out. And as he sits down by a paper at the table, brilliant. I yeah, love his so little, cute. little general like vibe. Uh, so the uh, the Morse code says someone must pump flu- fuel. Someone will not be harmed. This will be done now, or you will all die. So then we have this very long uh, gassing up montage where it's just a line of cars forever, all day. I mean, the like sun is going degrees outside. Uh, and so Emilio every- is depleted. Like even though everyone else is helping out there, but he seems. I was like, he seemed real depleted, real fast compared to everyone else. Like I was like, were they not all helping pump, or is he just like? He was the, probably the been like, pumper. no, let, no, let me do it all day. Probably that kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's been a hundred degrees outside and they've been standing outside. He, he's got bad heat, heat stroke and starts muttering about how the comet is a broom and it's clearing out the riffraff for the alien race is going to come in afterwards. And mm-hmm. that's his theory. You're like, okay, interstellar house theory. cleaners, interstellar yeah. house cleaners. Yep. We're never, we're never sure if that's the case or not. We never get an answer to that question, but it's an all right theory. But he figures out a way to grenade the general, kind of like the little, the, the the gun, the gun tractor, basically, that's pulled up. And so he and one of the other guys kind of take a gentle walk around and boom, Koplawi are able to like get one of the freaking bombs from the arsenal of grenade and, 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 and blow it all up. So they decide that they're all going to get out through the tunnels, that they know that they can get out that way. So the they drain. start this... Mm-hmm. Oh, we love, 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 love a little student, Stephen King sewer scene, always do. Uh, and right. they're able to get out. Okay. And just as they, the trucks, realizing that they have been fooled, start ramming the buildings. And then there's just explosion. Oh, Rama. Again, if I was 12 year old boy, I would be just gleaming so many explosions. They're yeah, they beautiful. go for the. Yeah, they go for this truck stop. It reminded me of like for those who are into like Monster Jam and that kind of like entertainment. Exactly. It's very Monster Jam. I was just like when you want to just see like a tractor roll over 10 cars because there's like heaps of cars that were by the side because it's like, you know, as it's a, a, a... a Dixie Boy truck stop, but it's also like a diner, but it also had like, you know, um, like a little junkyard kind of next to it too. So there's like all these different things that they're just smashing and smooshing. So if you want to see like Hulk smash Monster Jam moment, this yeah, is your movie. This is it. And they don't, mm-hmm. they don't skimp on this end scene, right? Like they really Mm-mm. get you in the beginning with the bridge scene. And then you have this like, you know, coup de gras scene of explosions. And I'm like, you're not skimping. I see that. No. I see your budget. I, I appreciate the amount of explosions you were giving me. So they end up hanging headache for the marina. Uh, but on the way there, a fast food menu starts talking humans here, humans here. Like a yeah, little the fast snitch. When you drive up to like the, the um, drive through, it's like the drive through thing. Humans here humans here and this is deke taking his moment to like re- for revenge in this moment this is for my right. dad <laughs> yeah little gunslinger it up do so the green goblin follows them to the marina we get a little adios motherfucker and away it goes exploding exploding um and you know we have our last moment of them the survivors sailing away and duke's deke says will it be okay and billy says i promise it'll be okay i know everything is going to be all right we get our end title card uh two days after a large ufo was destroyed in space by a russian weather satellite which happened to be equipped with a laser cannon and class four nuclear missiles approximately six days later the earth passed beyond the tail of raya m exactly as predicted the survivors of the dixie boy are still survivors 
So it's nice as a happy ending. They get out okay. Yeah. Yeah, they got, they made it. They did it. They this did. ragtag band of like, I, I was surprised how many of them made it out. Yeah. I thought way more people were going to die in this movie. Like I was honestly, I was like, wow, the body count was it was high for all the like non-speaker people in the movie. Like right. all those people in the neighborhood, like, you know, everywhere else, like all those like little baseball kids and stuff, but like the actual core group of people from the restaurant, I'm really surprised how many of them made it. Yeah, out of a there. bunch of them. And even some of them that I'm like, I don't really know who that guy is, just kind of randoms, right? We're just like, nothing. those guys yeah. always go. And I was like, oh, okay, we're never going to learn anything about those people, but they just survived. And you go, okay. Will you gore factor for us, my darling? I would love to gore it up with you because um, you're gorgeous. Um, oh. Number one, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two, a puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four, bathtub of blood. And five, run for the barf bag. This is a five, I think. Uh, there's a lot of dead people throughout. There's some mild, you know, head wounds and all kinds of good stuff happening. And, you know, people getting gutted and, and shot and, um, you know, blasted. That's very true. Uh, movie ratings. Uh, one, Chainsaw, if you're desperate. Two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. And five, fantastical. I give this movie a four, not too shabby. I enjoyed yeah. it. And here's the thing is like, I feel like, okay, looking at it, I, I say, all right, you have the opportunity for this to be something like The Mist, right? Where you have these oh, people yeah. who are in this place and it's more about how they turn on each other. And you do get a bit of that, but not to the extent that you have that. But I feel like there's kind of two kinds of Stephen King movies and I feel like there's room for both. You have the kind of really intense, The Mist, like incredibly well done Frank Darabont type stuff. And I feel like people give this movie a lot of shit for Stephen King being terrible. And I don't think it's a terribly directed movie at all. I think it, I, you know, looking at the camera work and looking at everything, like everything works and there's it's the performances are fine and good but it's just not quite there right but i feel like that you know and there's a lot of kind of plot holes and like why are not all the cars freaking out and like there's not there's just there's a lot of things that could be explained that aren't explained which is fine but mm -hmm. is it as bad as i thought it would be no i thought it was fun and i would be a kind of movie that i would put on in a party for everybody to have fun with Totally. I think it's super fun. I wouldn't too. put the uh, mist on on a party. <laughs> no, I would not either. That is not a, a party movie, but this one definitely is. I also give it a four, Julia. I um, thought it was not too shabby as well. I um, honestly, the, the interesting thing, I don't know whether it's, that's a good or bad read, but I um, liked how slow that bridge scene was at the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I feel like movies now are all like that kinetic right. filmmaking that makes me kind of seasick when I watch it sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I just I just I miss being able to see the detail of the destruction. Mm -hmm. And it really for me, I was like, oh, I felt like I could breathe and just like enjoy it and have fun, like watching all the little like things kind of happen. It was like watching a really beautiful domino yeah. Um, you know, set up. And I was just like, oh, this was really fun to see how these pieces kind of fell into place. I uh -huh. felt like I could see all of that and actually enjoy it and made me nostalgic for movies back in the day <laughs> that are not shot like someone's, you know, on, I don't know, speed or whatever. Like, I, I just I just don't like sometimes sometimes mm -hmm. I'm in, into it, I guess. But I really it made me very nostalgic. and I really enjoyed that. Um, I enjoyed the film. I enjoyed Emilio. Um only thing I just didn't buy was like that heat throw thing. I was like, what happened to him? Like, it was like he was fine. And then all of a sudden he just wasn't. And I was like, I don't know. There's some deleted that, scenes or something that, happened in there. Yeah, there's definitely I was like, there's got to be something else that happened in between here that I would love to see. Um, so give me the director's cut. 
Um, yeah, and I'll watch it. it. And I, I don't totally feel watch that. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like Stephen King needs to write himself off from never directing anything ever again because I don't feel like it's something to be embarrassed about. I've seen bad films and I don't feel like this we film is bad. Have. We have, <laughs> right? Like I will watch this over thirst any fucking day of the week. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's controversial. It's controversial. Love thirst. But um, but there are some other things out there that, you know, whatever could be very could be very worse, could be way worse. Um, But no, I think it's a valiant effort. And uh, I thought it was super fun. And like you said, this is a fun one you can throw on at a party, especially like Fourth of July weekend style like we're having right now. Or to celebrate our five years together, Julia. So this is a fun fun anniversary romp, um, something I think we both got to enjoy. Um, so thank you for you know watching and chatting with me and um, y'all are so fantastic thank you for listening to our show for, for sure five and years. I know <laughs> I know it's amazing we love you all and we are ready ready for more and next week we're going to be talking about the scary of 61st I know nothing about it always exciting the title is intriguing I don't know what it'll be about but we're gonna find I out I just saw it too and I just saw that it was like you know written and directed mostly by an almost all-female crew and I was very excited about that so um let's dive in to the scary of 61st next week in the meantime uh Yes, you can find us on all of our things. We would love to talk to you about Maximum Overdrive if you would love to talk to us about it. We are on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. We also are on Patreon if you'd like to subscribe uh, Patreon to us and to, you know, support us. We also are, you can leave us a review if you, wherever you listen to us, that always helps people find us. And we do have a Teespring store if you're interested in merch because, yes, that is all. We love you. You are our disco citizens and we adore you you all so much have a great week and happy anniversary julia happy anniversary bye thank you for listening horror movie survival guide is independently produced by terry gamble julia marchesi and sierra ryan hey that's me if you would like to support the show find us on patreon.com slash horror movie survival guide